0: You're listening to a Fit Plus Love production. You know, we're all training hard. We're all, you know, especially professionals. Like, we devote every day to this. We train every day. We're all fit. So on race day, it comes down to who can execute and who can mentally deal with the pressures or deal with the race dynamics. And in an Ironman, just deal with being out there that long. You know, so... Yeah, I think racing is so much more mental than maybe some people give credit for before.
1: That was Sky Munch. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, Fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training and showcase their expertise and story. Hello, Marnie on the Move listeners. Welcome and welcome back. I am your host, Marnie Salah. Today on the podcast, I am joined by professional triathlete and multiple Ironman and 70.3 champion, Sky Munch. Sky finished second this weekend in Ironman, Florida, right behind podcast guest and pro triathlete Heather Jackson, who we just caught up with this weekend on the podcast. This was so incredible to watch. They were running right next to each other for a good part of the run course as they both came into the finish line. Before we dive in to my conversation with Sky, shout out to Marnie on the Move sponsors, Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is the ultra personalized nutrition platform that analyzes your blood, DNA, and lifestyle to help you optimize your body from the inside out. They are my go to for understanding my inner health, looking at my blood levels, and getting great nutritional insight. Inside Tracker transforms your body's data into meaningful insights and a customized action plan of the science backed recommendations you need to reach your goals. Take control of your health and wellness, unlock the power of your potential. And use our code CHEERSMARNI for 25% off. Now, back to Sky. During our combo, Sky shares how she got into triathlon when she went pro, and what she was doing in her career prior to racing. We caught up back in mid-September following her championship win at Ironman Chattanooga. Sky shares insight on this incredible course and why she loves the Ironman distance. We also talk about how important it is to have a very strong mental game out on the race course. Not just physical, and how she keeps her mental fitness strong. Sky also shares her top recovery go tos, what she loves to do when she's not racing, and her favorite gear. This combo is super fun and very fast, so hang on and enjoy the ride. Don't forget, leave us a review on Apple. It's easy. Head over to the app wherever you listen. For Apple, click on the Marnie on the Move podcast scroll through the episodes and hit five stars, then leave us a review. Also, share what you're listening to on social, wherever you like to get social, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, you name it. We'll tag you back if you tag us. Okay, let's get moving. How are you today? What were your workouts and training sessions today? I'm good. I just got back into proper training this week after Ironman Chattanooga. Yeah.
0: So we're just easing in again. I had a five and a half K swim this morning and a 45 minute run. And then basically my afternoon session was a massage. (laughs) So, yeah, I had my fascia or like
1: a relaxing massage? (laughs) No,
0: like it's always deep tissue. Yeah. Whatever it takes to get me going and, healed not I mean I don't go in injured every time but you know I go in every time I'm like oh I've really used my body this week so yeah help me feel better
1: so yeah that's what I did today awesome yeah. that sounds nice that's the one thing I don't do enough of is get massages because yeah. you know we put in a lot of I, I mean I also do triathlon I put in a lot of hours training and then yeah I you know I'll get a massage every few weeks but really it should be like every week but
0: I'm every I'm every single week I'm booked like months in advance just <laughs> I honestly wouldn't be able to train the way I do if I didn't like I yeah he saves me
1: how many Ironman distance races are you doing typically and let's pretend that the last two years didn't happen in a year you know because you just did Chattanooga and- yeah so I usually do two or three yeah two or three is what I would expect to do
0: you know and I've done two this year and I'm likely doing a third, you know, you mentioned Florida. So and then halves I would usually do I would say anywhere like 4 to 6. It just kind of depends like we we kind of use halves as a training opportunity as well. Right. Like it's a it's a good way to get a good workout in. And you know, obviously we like to perform as well. It's not like we just go in and don't get our right. best, but but yeah, like I I like racing and we probably race more
1: than the average person, but I, you know, I'm quite durable. I consider it my job and I like to do it. So that's awesome. When did you start triathlon? Like how did you get into the sport and when did you go pro? My first year racing
0: pro was 2016. And my first ever triathlon was in 2009. It was a reverse mini sprint. So like I don't even remember the exact distances, but I just remember we ended in the pool and, you know, you kind of like snake through the pool uh, to get your, I don't know, it's probably like 300 yards or something. Um, So that was my very first, you know, a friend just encouraged me to do it. I borrowed his bike. And then after that, I was like, okay, yeah, this is definitely something that I would love to do more of. And I bought my first road bike and wetsuit. And, you know, I kind of went, I went to this bike shop and they they kind of specialized in triathlon as well. So I went there, spent like an entire day there. I think I spent $1,500 and got everything I needed to do a triathlon. I mean, obviously, 1500 is not a lot. So it was not the top of the line, anything, but I got everything I needed so that if I wanted to do a triathlon, I could do it. So that's when I kind of 2010 is when I started doing, you know, like two or three a year, just local ones. And was it were
1: you naturally fast? Or did you have to work on that?
0: No, I think I was naturally pretty good, like, um, and that's why, that's part of probably why I like doing it. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I like doing things when I'm good at it. Uh, I do. I'm slow, but
1: I, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter. But anyway,
0: yeah. yeah, no, you, I mean, it's all about finding the enjoyment, right? yeah. So yeah. I'm sure I would enjoy it if I wasn't fast, but I did do pretty well locally, you know, like I would, I could probably win my age group usually podium overall, that sort of thing, you know, so well overall females, but yeah, that was good enough. And I, that was good enough for me to feel like I was good. Right. And that's what kind of gave me the confidence, I guess, that I thought I could be really good. Um, so yeah, but I had no idea what really good even meant or how fast the pro field was, but you know, ignorance is bliss. Yes, it is.
1: Yeah. And so then in 2016, you decided to go pro, what was your first race?
0: Yeah. Um, like my your first, first pro, pro race, race. sorry. <laughs> yeah. My yeah. first pro race was Oceanside, which is in April uh, and is typically a very competitive season opener. Yeah. And it was very competitive and I got my butt completely kicked. Um I think I was like 14th and I probably was at least 30 minutes behind the winner. So that was, eye-opening to say the least it was eye-opening and humbling but also very motivating like I remember finishing that race and being like you know what yeah I wasn't even close to where I want to be but you know I have so much I can improve on and work on and you know look at what I'm doing and see where I can do better Um, so yeah it was
1: that's where I started (laughs) when you first started what were you doing something else for a career or you were, what were you doing?
0: Yeah, I was a CPA. I was working at Ernst & Young in their business tax compliance group. So just a quick recap on my story. Like I didn't do a lot of half Ironmans. I didn't do a lot of Ironman branded events. Like I basically did a few local races, Olympics, a couple local halves, sprints, you know, and then I just was like, you know what? I think I could be a good pro at this. For whatever reason, I just thought I could be pro. And I was just so inspired by, like, watching Chrissy Wellington run down a latey drive on the NBC special, you know? Yeah. So literally, it was just like I decided to go part-time at my job and pursue professional triathlon, like, all at the same time. It's not like it was this gradual thing. It was quite abrupt where I was like, I'm all in. So, yeah, I was working part-time at Ernst & Young for about a year. And then I started just I quit Ernst & Young because it was still quite demanding even part-time yeah and then I started doing more contract jobs because I still needed to earn money I wasn't making any money as a triathlete and I I wasn't really willing to just like burn through all my savings right like I, I needed it to be sustainable whatever weight whatever it needed to
1: be I like went. an ROI too right like you need yeah, to have I'm too- like a good, yeah you're <laughs> I'm too
0: responsible yeah. to like just to not, you know, have some kind of plan. So yeah, my plan, I, I've actually still done accounting work as early as earlier this year, yeah. like, or as re-
1: as earlier this year. I mean, so, it's not a bad uh, thing to have, right? I mean, especially no, during the pandemic. Great. I mean, if it's your job yep. to race, you weren't racing. That's kind yeah. of a scary concept. So <laughs> yeah, and even like the financial aspect
0: aside, it's even just, you know, you speak of the pandemic, it's just feeling productive and like, yeah you're accomplishing something and so I I did I worked like the full fall busy season last year doing taxes and it was really satisfying like do I want to go back to doing taxes full-time no I really like riding my bike full-time you know but <laughs> um yeah well and swimming and running but yeah. you know like it's good to have the
1: options and
0: the balance I think I just know there's more to me than triathlon
1: yeah I or, think it's really smart capable. to to yeah. think that way, right? Because I mean, yeah. we're all living so much longer and there's just so many chapters of our lives that totally. you know, a lot of athletes are entrepreneurs, you know, maybe yeah. they're coaches later in life. I love that you said the chapters of life though, because that is
0: really how I feel. Like this is the chapter I'm in right now. Yeah. But I may decide I want to do something completely different, you know, for the next in five years, I could be like, you know what no my ne- the next ten years of my life or however many years like I just don't want to ever put limits on myself
1: and you yeah. just kind of have to go with what excites you and what challenges you so yeah I agree that's how I live my life I mean I just do what I love and you know if, I, yeah. if it starts to be if the balance tips, I'm out, I'm moving on to yeah. the next thing but <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> I always have to check myself at that point. it's like the comfortably uncomfortable like point where you're like, am I really not in this anymore? I don't know, but I mean, and and so like flash forward, you just won Chattanooga and you came in sixth at world champion 70.3 in St. George, which is your local Utah area, which is, it's so amazing. Did you ever think, you know, at your first race that this would be where you are now? And, you know, how has the journey been along the way?
0: Yeah. Um, to answer your first question, I think like when I was wanting to quit my job and get a coach, I definitely thought I could be as good as anyone else. Like I had that confidence and belief in myself, but I didn't know how hard it would be and what, what that actually took. And I didn't know how far behind I was. So, so like naively I thought, yes, I I'm going to go be really, really good, but I had no idea what I was getting into. So it is really, really cool to be standing here now and to be performing at the level that I always knew I could and wanted to. And I'm not the best in the world. You know, obviously there are women who beat me. I was only sixth in the world. I wasn't first in the world, but, but I, to me, I consider myself like a very high performer and um, it's, yeah, it's really cool. The journey has been very challenging and it, you know, it hasn't been as easy as I thought it would be. And you kind of like coming from accounting, yeah, I literally had no network in the sport. You know, like I, I got connected with my coach and like the age group team that trained there um, and, you know, slowly got to know people and know the industry better. But it's just been a really big learning curve on so many levels. Yeah.
1: Um.
0: But, you know, when you're really passionate and believe in yourself, like you just find a way. And there's certainly been moments where I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I maybe I'm just not that good or, you know, maybe this just isn't worth it. I'm I'm kind of sick of spending all this money and not making any money, you know, <laughs> but I'm really, really grateful. I stuck with it and, you know, found a way and found the right people to help me, you know, get, get to where I
1: am performing. It's definitely a team yeah. effort and
0: the support and everything. And
1: so learning on so many levels. I want to hear more about Chattanooga and what that race is like, because I hear it's a great, I mean, I heard that it's, I've never done an Ironman. I've never okay. done that distance. I do a few 70.3s every summer. I really like that distance. So I heard that Chattanooga is a good course for someone who's just starting. But yeah, tell walk me through the the course. What was it like?
0: Yeah, so the swim is a downstream swim. Yeah. So I think that's really appealing to people because it basically cuts off, I mean, a lot of minutes, depending how slow you are regularly. Like for me, it was probably close to 10 minutes faster than what I would probably swim otherwise. Because you swim with the current. Yeah. So you swim with the current and I mean, you're still swimming, but you're just not in there as long. Right. So I think that's really appealing. And then the bike, the bike is rolling hills, which is nice I mean it's still challenging you still have to get up and down these hills yeah. but you know some people might prefer that to you know a straight up hill. and frankly like flat courses I actually consider them to be some of the hardest because I would agree you have yeah. to push power the whole time yeah and and the bike course is very beautiful like you're out through these pretty empty streets very green very lush so you know if you're enjoying the scenery there is scenery to enjoy out yeah. there the bike is 4 miles longer than the than the normal uh, ironman i don't know if you know that no so i didn't know you, that yeah the bike is long so i guess that kind of makes up for the downstream swim yeah uh, I, I think had
1: it to just get must it in. Be the way
0: the course it's just like the way the course is designed yeah. it just has to be that long and then the run is like mostly kind of flat but at the end of every loop there's a f- like few miles of pretty steep up and downhill so it's not like – I would not say it's a very easy run. I would yeah. consider flat runs easy. <laughs> yeah. But, I yeah, I mean, I don't see why it wouldn't be a great beginner race. Yeah, I think cause so, the
1: swim makes it easy, right? Yes. Like that's the part that I think is appealing. Like the other one I was looking at was Arizona. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've done Arizona as well. Arizona was
0: my first Ironman, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a great one, too. I mean, the the nice thing about Arizona and even Chattanooga, like – the bike and run, it's loops. Mm-hmm. And I personally really like loops because it's mentally engaging. You know, you're
1: yeah. like, oh, one loop, check. Yeah. Two loops, check. Three loops, check. So you can do it as a negative split really easily. Like you don't have to think where's the, where the halfway point or. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. An Ironman is hard no matter what.
0: Yeah. So you kind of just have to go
1: out there and expect it to get very difficult. But yeah. What do you love about that distance?
0: Oh man, I really love the distance. It's just been like the last year that I'm, I'm like so excited about that distance. And I think it's because I feel like I'm getting good at it now Mm -hmm. where I can actually race it and not just survive it, you know? Yeah, Yeah. So I think what I like about it though, is the challenge that it is and the mental challenge that it is because it's so long, like it's such a long day Yeah. and you just have to be so strong physically, but also mentally to really, you know, put it together every time. And that's what I love about
1: it. The St. George 70.3 World Championships, that was your first Ironman-branded World Championship. Yeah. I've qualified for others, but I've never been. Yeah. It looked like a lot of fun, but it also looked hard. really hard. You know, what was going on? <laughs> because I wasn't – I was kind of watching, and then I kind of got involved in my day, and then I just yeah. saw everybody, like, dying at one point. Not literally, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Like there's definitely a special vibe and
0: feeling and, you know, production that goes on with the world championship event, but the course was very hard. The run was very, very hard. And on top of that, especially for the age groupers, the weather turned really nasty for like 20 or 30 minutes. I think I was on the run at that point. So I was safely off my bike. Thank goodness. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, I still experienced the weather, but it's a lot different when you're running. So yeah, the, there was like super strong rain, wind, hail, some lightning, you oh know, God. to be honest when I was running, I was like I was like, oh, I really hope they don't cancel this because I yeah. was quite happy with like how the race was going and um anyway, I know I'm not the only one who had that thought. So yeah, when you say it was really tough, it's the course was very tough and then we had a really tough, you know, bout of conditions in the middle of the race. Yeah, so, yeah. that
1: happened to me at Timberman. So we did Timberman oh. and I'm was you know I as I was one of the slower age groupers, so yeah. I I made it on the bike, but the it started pouring and gusting wind. It was uh. actually a hurricane, and oh, of I was out, yeah. <laughs> I was out on the bike, and it was also the last 15 miles of the bike were climbing, like not rolling hills, yeah. like seriously major climbing, and so that in a good case scenario, you can make it up on the downhills and have a lot of fun. But I was like basically riding my brakes. Well, not, you know, but it was definitely, I actually thought that someone was going to come get me because I thought the race might be canceled. Like that's how bad it was.
0: And then I got
1: into transition and I thought the race was over, but people were like going to run. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll just do that too. Like that's a smart thing to do. I still like the entire run, I was waiting for them to like call it. It was crazy. Was this year? Yeah. But wow, I didn't know that. But all the pros and, you know, anyone that finished the swim, I think in the first 30 minutes, they, oh, okay. the weather was, it was like about a 15, 20 minute, difference oh wow I don't know it was it was I would go back and do it again though I loved I love that race I love they yeah, changed the course i raced but, there yeah it's beautiful yeah it's a beautiful location so yes yeah. it is speaking of beautiful I love your bike kit <laughs> it's so cool <laughs> thanks I'm thank
0: you I actually just got a brand new one it was supposed to be my Kona kit yeah. um so that's another reason I want to race again this year is because now I have this new kit I want to wear.
1: Wait, is this the same color <laughs> scheme purple. or it's still purple? No, the, yeah. co- the colors are different, but it's still purple. So yeah. yeah. No, I'm really into like the whole fashion component of racing right now. Yeah. <laughs> I've thought about
0: like – I've thought about how we can bring a little more fashion into triathlon because I mean I'm sitting here in like a plain t-shirt and it's jeans. Fine. But pre-triathlon, like I love shopping. I love, you know – having so many clothes getting ready like I was super into I guess you could say fashion not like runway fashion right. but just like looking good and I'm like oh I need to like bring that back I'm such a slob now <laughs> Like,
1: I- it's so funny that you say that because you know before I got into I'm you know super athletic and into sports I worked in fashion yes. and went to Parsons oh, cool. and loved fashion. Oh wow, cool. There was no like sneaker wearing in my my world. And like I lived in heels. Yeah. And like Yeah, me too. Now all I do is own, you know, cycling kits and workout clothes and twenty pairs of running sneakers and
0: Oh, and I I live in Burks. Like I don't
1: totally. Yeah. I think it's amazing. And then you just got is that a new bike? The Trek? It's purple also. Yes. It's
0: brand brand new. That bike's not even released to the public yet. So I think there's only a handful of us sponsored Trek athletes who yeah. have it.
1: Do you love Yeah. But yeah, the,
0: oh, I love it. First of all, the new bike is amazing. I can't say too much about the new bike because it's not officially released yet, okay. but Trek made some amazing improvements which I'm really excited about. Um, I mean, it's a completely different frame and everything. You know, disc brake and then, yeah, the color, just like, I'm in love with that bike. I love it so much. <laughs> that's why I rode it at Chattanooga. Like, I, I only got it, I got the bike two days before St. George. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to ride that in St. George.
1: Like, that's just not long enough. You know, that's not enough time for me to be comfortable. Right. So I thought that was strange. I saw you packing up the bike and it was a new bike. And I'm like, okay. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, I thought but maybe then, you've had then, other track bikes, so you're used to the style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a
0: different bike, but I got the numbers, the fit numbers close enough where I was like, okay, I'm comfortable. And honestly, it just felt so good and it was so beautiful. Like, I just wanted to ride that purple bike. There was just no other option, so. <laughs> I love it.
1: Yeah, and you. I love how you named it on Instagram. Yeah, I was looking through your Instagram and I. you are so funny, by the way. <laughs> I was <gasps> cracking up. Oh, uh, the purple people beater. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> well, well, someone else came up with that. Someone, a follower was like, oh, it's the purple people beater. And I, like I said on my post, I don't actually ever name my bikes. Like I don't, yeah. it's cool if you do, but I just don't um, name my bikes. But that one I think was a really uh, appropriate title for the bike.
1: Yeah. That's so funny. And then I mean, I'm really into gear these days and upping my level of knowledge about wheels and all that mm, kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. So I saw, you know, I noticed that you had some very nice wheels. I know there's zip. Yes. I just had someone from zip on the podcast. And so what are your go-to everyday wheels that you're riding on?
0: Yeah. So my everyday training wheels. Well, now I have the 303 S's. Okay. Those are for disc brake. Right. Um, but on my non-disc trek bike, um, I was on the zip either 303s or 404s I the 303s are probably my favorite because they're just a little bit more shallow and it gets quite windy around here. So yeah that's my everyday training uh, zip 303s now yeah and then yeah in racing my default is a zip 858 the NSW you know like scientifically designed to cut the crosswinds and things like that and then you know the super nine
1: disc wheel on the back yeah so. So when did you yeah. what was your first experience like riding on those kind of wheels?
0: Well, actually quite early into triathlon, maybe even my first race, my coach at the time I didn't have race wheels. I had a TT bike, but that was right. like it. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, you should use my wheels or these wheels." Either he lent me his or someone else on, you know, on our squad like lent me a pair of zip wheels. And yeah, I mean, whether Like you just feel faster because, you know, you're on these race wheels and they, they do feel fast. Like they legit do feel faster. So yeah, that was my first experience. And then I eventually like quite quickly after that, I'm the type of person who doesn't like to borrow things. Like I want all my own stuff. Are you a Scorpio? (laughs) No, I'm a Libra. Um, Close. But like, I don't like borrowing. I don't like relying. I want my stuff so I can keep it in like really good condition and I don't lend my stuff out. So sorry. (laughs) Like I don't. You can buy it when I'm done with it, but I don't lend it out. Yeah. So, yeah, I got my own, like, set of nice training wheels and um, race wheels pretty quickly after that.
1: One yeah. of the things that the tech at Zip told me was that they're offering, like, this lifetime warranty. Oh, yeah. Which I thought was interesting because they're, like, because, of course, I would be the type of person that wouldn't want to use my wheels to ruin them. Oh, so yeah. Yep. I would think about those things, but they're encouraging people to use their wheels and get out there. Yeah, and enjoy them. So many people I yeah. talked to I was telling didn't know that.
0: Yeah, no, I think I I think that's kind of an industry thing because I've seen it from other brands as well. Yeah, and great to see Zip. I mean, Zips. I'll be honest. So Zip and Shram, those yeah. are like the same company, along with like Rockshox and things like that. They're a fantastic sponsor of mine. They're seriously amazing for so many reasons. Right, like I love their products first right. and foremost, but like they treat me and people in general very, very well. There's a lot of cool initiatives and things they're a part of. And, you know, offering that lifetime warranty is certainly an awesome thing for a company to do, especially for a product that's so expensive. You know, like carbon wheels aren't cheap. So that's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's really cool. And then I also saw that you're also wearing the Super Sapiens.
0: Yeah, no, I'm partnered with them. So, yeah, I've been wearing that for, well, since like March or something earlier this year. And it's been really cool. I mean... It's been really insightful and eye-opening to see glucose levels, and my favorite thing is to look at the levels after a race. To be honest, like that's that's my favorite part about it. Um, I mean, other than the everyday, of course. But it's cool to see when you're trying to really, really perform your best to see yeah. what your
1: glucose levels are. And, and, you, and yeah. I'm obsessed with the glucose score now. I have not gotten over. Yes, 60. the glucose
0: score. Yeah, the glucose score is cool and definitely motivating, right? Yeah. Like, Yeah, because the reality is, is, like, the better you fuel, it seems the better you can perform, and, you know, I'm not obsessed with getting 100% if I just have a 30, or a a 100 glucose score if I just have, like, a 30-minute easy run, but, you know, when I'm, like, hitting a big bike session or big run session, like, yeah, you just, you got to
1: be up there, so. I feel like so many times, you know, in a race, I will, like, overeat, or, you know and then i'm not like on the bike maybe i overeat and then i get to the run and everything is sloshing around in my stomach or uh i've been doing a lot of cycling right so i've been looking yeah, at yeah, the numbers yeah. on the bike more than yeah. anything else but yeah i think it's i think it's interesting i think the data it's a good data point yeah. to have um
0: yeah and everyone's so individual so that's the thing right like what works for me may not work for you and right. that's what's cool about having the the monitor on you and the app and the super sapiens, everything like you can just get so much insight into your own body. So,
1: yeah. I mean, it's amazing. And now, so now how are you speaking of like training and racing? How are you starting to, you took some time off, you said after Chattanooga. So what does time off look like and how are you ramping back up in terms of your training?
0: Yeah. So after Chattanooga, we always do about three days of active recovery. But it's very, very easy. Like We're talking 20-minute swim, 30-minute spin on the bike for a couple days. And then usually three days after, I'll try doing a 30-minute run. I'm usually recovered enough by then to do just some easy running. And then once, once I can run easy, then I get days off. <laughs> so I had Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off training. Mm-hmm. But I will say it was my birthday over the weekend. And as part of my birthday, I wanted to go on a hike because it's beautiful here and I love hiking but I really don't hike a lot when I'm training because I'm training and hiking isn't typically part of that so I went for a hike I still say I'm not like super active when I have days off but like I'll walk my dog I actually went for a little bike ride with my friend one day because the leaves are beautiful here right now like changing to fall and I just you know part of part of having a break is having a mental break so Mm -hmm. then just doing things that you really Love and enjoy. So. Is that the
1: uh, hundred mile bike ride? What is it? <laughs> miles?
0: No, what did no, you do? No, no. You did a
1: long ride this weekend, and oh,
0: I did a long ride yesterday. Yeah, the one up the in panic the mountains. Training. And I got- <laughs> I
1: <love> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Seriously, seriously. Like I told my coach, we're getting back into it, and I was like, I know we want to ease into this, but I think, like, literally, the days are numbered where I'm going to be able to go ride high up into the mountains. And right. I said, I really want to do this ride before it's winter. So yeah, five hour ride, second day back
1: into training. It's fine. (laughs) It doesn't count if it's not in zone three. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it was like super enjoyable. It was basically just like a joy ride, even though it was super hard. So (laughs) yeah. Besides massage, what is your, what are some of your go-to recovery tools?
0: Okay. Well, whenever anyone asks me about recovery, I I always say my non-negotiables for recovery are eating, eating well, fueling my training and eating immediately after hard sessions, because, you know, that all just rolls into your recovery day after day. So it's eating, sleeping and deep tissue massage. Those are my non-negotiables, but I do have compression boots. You know, I have the massage gun. I would say I use the compression the most, you know, other than my eat, sleep, massage, non-negotiables. So yeah, you just can't, like, if you're not doing the basics, a massage gun isn't going to save you. Like you, an hour nap is going to mean more than, or or eight hours of sleep at night is going to mean more than 10 minutes with something
1: else. Back to racing. Do you have a mantra or philosophy you use when obstacles and challenges arise on the race course?
0: Yeah, and that kind of changes depending on maybe what my recent experiences have been or just my recent thoughts or conversations have been. Mm-hmm. I think this year... I personally have been trying to make sure that I bike as hard as possible It's a balance, right? Cause you can't just bike so hard that you can't run well, but I want to make sure that I'm getting the most out of myself on the bike. And yeah. so my mantra this year on the bike has been just cause this hurts. Doesn't mean I can't do it. I don't always think that every race, but like that's something earlier this year that I remembered. I'm like, okay, just cause it hurts. Doesn't mean I can't do it. Right. Doesn't mean I can't do this and still run well. So yeah, I would say my mantra changes, but. And I don't need it every single race, right? Like sometimes you need that self-inner positive talk and sometimes you just go out and, I don't know, you're in the moment, you're racing. Sometimes I don't need it. But yeah, sometimes I do need it, so.
1: Is there one discipline of the sport that you feel like is your stronger or your strongest discipline or does it depend on the course?
0: I mean, I feel like in general, like just – Based on the facts, yeah. I'm probably strongest at the bike, but I really do feel quite well rounded. There's not one where I'm just like, oh, I'm terrible. You know, there's right. not one. but There's also not one where I'm like, I'm the best in the world. You know, right. like I know that I'll always outrun everyone or outbike everyone. No, I think I'm just really, really solid on all three. And if, if there's any strength of mine that I feel like I really have is the mental
1: aspect, right. to be honest. Yeah, that's cool.
0: I don't have like meltdowns. I don't, I just can keep it together kind of like no matter what, you know, that's, yeah, that's something I know about myself. So
1: that's great. I mean, that I think so much of it is mental. It totally is. I mean, the, the physical challenges come and go, but it's like, how do you thrive in those situations?
0: Well, and if you ask me, I think racing, you know, we're all training hard. We're all, you know, especially professionals, like we devote every day to this. We train every day. We're all fit. Um, So on race day, it comes down to who can execute and who can mentally, you know, deal with the pressures or deal with the race dynamics. And in an Ironman, just deal with being out there that long, you know? So, yeah, I think racing is so much more mental than maybe some people give it credit for, too.
1: Yeah, so you have to strengthen your mental muscle.
0: (laughs) Definitely. And I I don't even know how to recommend doing that, but just be really really you just have to be really intentional you know like be in your head and intentional and stay strong and I guess it starts in training you know
1: and so speaking of racing how do you feel about worlds being in like world championships being in Utah in May yeah I think it's great that's where you live so I mean it's not exactly where you live but no but it feels hometown for
0: me because a lot of locals and even people I'm in Salt Lake City um but so many, you know, it feels like the entire triathlon community up here migrates down to St. George for the weekend. So, yeah, I just get so much love on course. So I think I'm really excited to do the world championship there again and in the Ironman distance because I love the half distance. But, you know, I haven't even had a chance at racing the world championship at, over the Ironman distance. So. This is your first time. Yeah, because I qualified. I've been qualified since 2019. <laughs> but in 2019, I crashed my bike right before Kona and broke three bones. And there was no getting to the start line that year. And then COVID happened. And then, you know, COVID again. So I'm I'm just excited to know that we're going to have a world championship. And maybe because I haven't been to Kona, I don't know what I'm missing. Right. But, yeah, I'll race a world championship anywhere they put it. So. Yeah.
1: I think it's nice that Utah stepped up to kind of help out. And then it's going to be, again, it'll be in October in Kona again. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and hopefully it gets back there. Because, you know, there is all the legacy and history in Kona. But, you know, how many... I don't think anyone wants to go another year without a world champion in the Ironman distance. So. Yeah,
1: and I also think I also think it's good that they're they're doing both. They're they're still doing twenty twenty one and they're doing twenty two twenty two. I think just for the professional athletes, for the prize purse, for them to be able to totally make money and earn a living. So I'm I'm I think it's cool that they're yeah. doing it as well. But yeah,
0: yeah. Someone pointed that I didn't even think about the prize yeah, purse aspect. I, did. I mean, two <laughs> like, opportunities. But someone else pointed out yeah. to me too. They're like, wow, you have two opportunities for good paychecks on the world stage. And I was like, oh yeah, like it can be a good year next year.
1: Yeah, I can make up for the last year. Yeah. Do you have any favorite places that you love to race?
0: Yeah, I love racing in Switzerland. Switzerland's probably my favorite, but a close second would be anywhere where there's like a white sandy beach. Yeah. Because I love the beach. We don't have the beach in Utah. So Mm. anytime I can just get myself there, even if I can only lay on the beach for a couple hours. Yeah. I signed me up. So
1: are there any races on your bucket list that I know focused on Ironman at the moment, but are there any other things that you'd like to do at some point? Yeah.
0: It's funny. Like I don't really have a bucket list. I just kind of go with, you know, what feels right and what I want to do. Um, I'm sure there'll be things that come up, you know, people have asked me this similar question, but I I just feel like there's still so much I can do and improve in triathlon. Yeah. And like, I haven't even raced the Ironman world championship yet. Like there's, there's a lot of things I still haven't done in the sport. So yeah, I'm just really focused on this right now, but no doubt, like, I think I'll come up with more, you know, bucket list items once I'm retired from triathlon. Um, You know, like I think I'd really enjoy just straight marathon running or,
1: I and mean, there's all kinds of things out there now. So, well, this has been so awesome. Thank you so much, Sky, for hopping on the yeah.
0: podcast. Thank you for having me.
1: Always, always good to chat.
0: This has been a lovely conversation. Yeah.
1: Thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarniOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events. For- I want to hear from you. Email me, MarniOnTheMove1 at gmail.com and let me know what you're enjoying what you want to hear more of. If you have questions for our guests, just reach out.